our Kill Special 35 is yep. our top selling arterial fluid um, with the 35 index. That rocks. Yeah, no pun intended. It, it really has a, it has a, it has a punch. Trust yeah. me, it's yeah. it's uh, it's good stuff. You're going to be uh, lifting with one arm uh, when you're using that. There's a reason it's, <laughs> it's a top seller for sure. Welcome to everyone to the Mortuary Show. Today we have on Elisa. She is the CEO of Kelco Fluids and Products. And we just want to welcome her on and see how you're doing today. And um, how's it going everywhere uh, at Kelco? It's going well, Michael. Thank you for having me on your show. I'm I'm privileged to be here and excited to uh, uh, get to know our relationship a little bit better because I know we've had, had some previous experience and um, get to get to really talk about what, what what many things I think that we're working on simultaneously as far as business goes and changing yeah. with um, consumer trends and where where do your strengths lie and, and things like that so I, I feel like I can see where yeah. you're kind of going and, and where you come from where you've you've gone at least since I've met you and that's exactly what we're trying to do as well yeah um for for our audience um we have had a little bit of a relationship with calco in the past um trying to work together for some few future opportunities in the funeral industry um i think lisa we're both aligned that um there are some things that we can do to improve and help funeral directors on a daily basis and kind of bring us up to a better speed while focusing kind of on the funeral home side, but also taking care of families. So um, for our audience, Elisa is actually working on getting her apprenticeship right now in the state of Minnesota. Um, and she's also runs a company full-time. So she's got it all going for her. Tell us how kind of that's going so far, um, going through that process while running a company simultaneously. That's That's gotta be such a challenging thing. It is. Um, you have to be very good at managing time, which I think I am. I'm a very detailed person. so. Um, I, I really took flight, I guess, with this idea that I wanted to become a funeral director in Balmer for the most part right. for the, the science part of, of that degree sure. and learning more about embalming and technical side of things like that. So really that, that was where my curiosity lied. I mean, I, I graduated with degrees in business management, um, in marketing initially. So that's, I guess where where I've taken my my entrepreneurial entrepreneurial spirit with within Kelco but then yeah. um as my kids grew up and you know I guess I found myself with a little more time less hockey practices and and taking them to different places <laughs> I thought hmm what should I you do you know <laughs> yeah. you wouldn't say in Minnesota that you have a lot of hockey practice huh <laughs> yeah, well, and three of I have three kids who all were in hockey um, yeah. simultaneously for a period of four years. To you know, it was more than that, wow. but all three of them at one time over the course of four years. So it was it was very busy. Um, so of course I I'm didn't sure. you know I wasn't seeking more opportunities to to do other things during that time. But once that stuff kind of slowed down, and um, I started thinking about how I could continue to invest in the business of, of Kelco supply. Uh, that right. was one thing I thought I could really use the knowledge to understand that more fully and really yeah. 
do things with that to help our business, help our products, and thus in turn help the funeral directors and embalmers that we serve. Right. I think it's such a, a, a connecting thing that funeral directors have when they see someone that's not necessarily uh, directly involved in a funeral home on a daily basis, but they're involved in the funeral industry. And then they, they see that you are a licensed funeral director or you have practiced in the past. I think it gives so much more credibility to who you are because then you can relate to how they are on a daily basis because it is such a unique position and profession that when you have that experience like you you have been going through and you've already dealt with funeral directors for many years so you already probably understand all that dynamic but there's something about someone that is in the business realm of funeral on the funeral side that if they have that licensing to me it gives me a little bit more trust in that person and just shows that they kind of know the ins and outs and i think from your point of view especially you kind of addressed it was on the chemical side of things knowing how these products like actually work on a scientific level, on an embalming level, that's going to separate you from other people because you are aware of like, okay, this is what this product actually does on a use case rather than just kind of saying, oh, you know, it has lanolin in it. Like, what does that even mean? Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and that was the interesting part. I mean, my embalming book from, from my courses are all marked up, right? And anywhere I could see a benefit to the business, to our customers, based on what I know of the products that we have and we offer, um, I was putting little sticky marks, right? I'm going to come back to this. I'm, I've got my student Smart. head on right now. I've, I've got to learn this from a student perspective, but this is going to translate at some point into my business. So right. um, it's all marked up and I, I actually, you know, use that. So it's, it's been beneficial, for, needless to say. So, so how has it been? Um, because obviously you have a business background. How has it been? being in the prep room at all during your apprenticeship and things, was that a little bit challenging for you at first? Or was that something that you were familiar with at all previously? Or how has that um, kind of been through that experience? I, I had some previous experience, not certainly embalming on my own, but being right. in a prep room. Um, sometimes when, when embalmings were going on, uh, many times when there was just bodies in there and we were just, you know taken in for a tour or something like that. But Right. Um, no, it, it really wasn't challenging for me. Um, the, the challenging part is just finding the time to, to get in there and work on my apprenticeship yeah. and, and get the hours in, but, um, I'm right. doing it. I, I, it would be so hard to try to balance that. How do you fit in the time? Like, what is your kind of schedule look like? So are you working with a funeral home that you kind of have known from the past and then you just go in as needed or is it more so? Hey, so and so, if you're home, like I have availability this day and this day, I would love to come in to get some of my hours. How does that work for you? A um, little bit of both. I I let them know my availability. Um, a lot of times, I'll I'll block out just chunks of time, but also they send me the the, the schedule for the month, so I know who's on call, um, and you know making overnight transfers and doing embalming that way. Um, yeah. And then I'll just let them know, hey, I'm available tonight or through the morning or through the weekend or something like that. Um, so I yeah. do it that way. And then just advance. I mean, you know, I'll know three, four days in advance of a funeral service. Um, right. So I, I just check. They text me and I, I check my calendar and I say, yay or nay. <laughs> right. It's, it's so funny because you're getting a real taste of what it's like 
being in a funeral home every day because you don't know what the day is going to hold. And now I feel like you probably have to deal with that more than you ever have in the past coming from kind of a business side. But I guess at the same time, you can't rely on a funeral director schedule. Like if you had a meeting with a funeral director and they're like, I can't do it. There's no rebuttal like because sometimes we are just too busy or sometimes we have other things going on. So how has that been for you kind of getting that experience, um, working with the uncertainty of a schedule because you seem like you're very put together, you know your schedule, you know what you're doing. So I'd, I'd be curious to see how you've worked uh, with that so far. It hasn't been too challenging. Um, I guess I don't have children to take care of at home anymore. So like middle of the night type things, if somebody gives me a call, like I can just get out of bed and go. Um, and I'm, I'm my own boss here at Kelco. So if I need, if I'm embalming overnight and I, or whatever, if I, if it's early in the morning, uh, I could just, if, unless I have something on the calendar already scheduled for that morning, I, I might not take the call uh, or right. accept them to say, oh, yep, I can, I can make that work. Um, but I just, I can move things around. I can, I can shuffle things around a little bit with, with being the owner of my own company. So that's helpful. Yeah. yeah, The folks here know what I'm doing. They, they know how invested I am in it and, um, they're willing to, to, you know, dig in and get things done while I'm not here. That's fantastic. And it's, it's gotta be a tough thing, but end of the end of the day, you're doing things that are going to help your business grow. And then the other funeral homes that you're working with and hopefully be able to get out there and speak more, even more eye to eye than you were before in the past. Uh, so how did you even get started with Kelco um, in the first place? I believe it was a family business previously, and then you kind of um, took it over. How did that kind of happen? And um, how has the process been so far? So my family got uh, involved. Well, I guess from, from, not just me, but my, my mother worked, um, for the original founder, um, and and right, like right out of college basically, and, um, worked her way up. She was a controller at the time. It had gone through a couple of corporate transitions, um, and eventually ended up in the hands of SEI. So some people don't know that about our company, but we were owned at, uh, by SEI at one point. I did not know that. Yeah. So my mother worked for that organization and they are the ones who approached her when they, um, it became time to divest in some of the companies that they were in. So that was, Coco was one of them. Yep. So she, you know, scrounged up everything she could and they, they made terms that were favorable for my mom and dad to, to be able to make it happen. And, you know, I guess that's, that's how we grew up. So she took over in 1991. And then I basically, you know, was very interested in, in business. I mean, I guess from that standpoint. So I got involved and, and started working there through high school and in my college years. Um, And she was basically my mentor. So I, I really found, you know, an interest in what she was doing as a woman, sure. um, not, but, but also a leader of a company. So I, yeah. I got to watch her do what she was doing. And I think she um, really believed in my creative spirit and yep. my voice as a young person. And she wasn't that old, you know, even when, when I was working with her, she, yeah. unfortunately she died when she was 52 years old in 2003. And, you know, I was kind of, 
I don't want to say I was forced into like, you know, at a very young age operating a company, but at that point, yeah, I mean, I had been running it um, for two years while she was, was still my mentor. She was, she would, I would see her about every two weeks. She had to come down and see all the grandkids and all that stuff. But um, yeah, basically when, by the time I was 25, I was, I was running it um, with her guidance with every other week she would come in. And then by 27, she had passed away. And I, I mean, then I, it was full-time just me. That's incredible. I mean, that's such a young age to be, you know, running a, a, a big and challenging company because I'm sure there's a ton of logistics behind what you do. Um, how does that look behind the scenes? What are your kind of processes that you have um, that make you know your life a little bit easier or some of the things that make it challenging um, behind the scenes? Yeah. Um, well, it, I, that's how I started. I, I started in you know opening mail and- I was work, going to ask, work, what were work, you doing in high school and in college? A little bit of everything. Anything that, that anybody needed me to step in and, and help out doing. So that sort of groomed me to learn a lot of different aspects of, of what, what Kelco was, right. What, what we were doing. Um, and I, I laugh cause I, I watch undercover boss sometimes yeah. <laughs> and I feel like, like we're a very small company, but I, I feel like sometimes our technology sometimes out, outgrows us. Right. So if sure. I need to ship a package or, you know, print out a picking ticket or change something on our website, different stuff like that. Like if I don't keep up with some of this stuff, it could pass me by real quick. And I could see myself as one of those bosses on under undercover boss. Like she, this woman (laughs) has no idea what she's doing in here. Right. (laughs) So I I chuckle at that because I could see myself doing that. And sometimes, you know, if we're, like I said, we're a small company, so I really, we all step in, in areas um, that that need assistance when somebody's yep. on vacation or gone or sick or something like that. So that's yeah. one of our biggest strengths is that our people are really willing to help help the team and yeah. ensure that our customers are well taken care of. Nothing's gonna no, no balls are gonna get dropped if somebody's gone. That's a great thing, and it just gives you that flexibility and adaptability for whatever is going on. If you're busy or you're a little bit slower, depending on the month of the week, I'm sure that's extremely helpful. And it's just a great way to work. And it's kind of relates a lot to like funeral directors. You have to have that same flexibility on a daily basis with your staff and your people, whether you're a manager or even a worker. You want to make sure your whole team is set up for success and. Um, that's, that's very cool that that's the way you guys kind of run things, uh, behind the scenes there. Yeah. Very much family, family oriented, even though none of us are are related here, but, um, we do consider our, the others, our family. Yeah. We spend more time with, with some folks here than we do at our, at our home sometimes. Oh, I, I can imagine. And I'm sure uh, sometimes it's a good thing not to be direct family members with some people. Uh, I'm sure my dad is listening, so I'm just busting his <laughs> balls. Oh, I but. can't. That's, that's one thing I told <laughs> told my parents is is I think, you know, working with siblings is going to be very difficult for yeah. me. And um, fortunately, that didn't happen. The, the interest wasn't there. Um, oh. And I was I was the one that, you know, ultimately... I don't want to say stuck it out, but 
pretty much. I was, I was here when, when the opportunity came. So, right. It's funny because I am pretty much the only one, um, out of my family to want to be a funeral director. And that comes from my dad's side and then it's his cousin. So it's a widespread, big, big family. And I'm the only one that's licensed from the next generation. And so I was kind of in your shoes. I was like, it's got to be me. Like it's on, you know, it's kind of within my grasp. And then it's funny, my brother, Connor, who uh, many of our listeners know from our videos and such, he decided, he's like, I really want to do something in the funeral industry. I feel this calling. I feel this passion. And I want to get away from like that corporate lifestyle, but I don't want to be a funeral director. So we ended up doing what we do with our uh, mortuary store and our mortuary marketing. So it's funny that I went from this is going to be me. It's going to be my show to now dealing with my brother. And I'm very blessed to have him. He's, he's helped me in so yeah. many ways that yeah. um, I've learned from. So it's, it's uh, a different dynamic. There's no doubt about it. Certainly you work on each other's strengths and weaknesses, right? And yes. as long as you, you know, the expectation is set in advance, I think right. um, it works out for a lot of people. I know there's a, yeah. there's a funeral home in uh, North Carolina that, they have what they call a family constitution. And if anybody wants to join that business, okay, it's literally set out for them. Here's what has, has to be done before you even get here. Um, wow. and, and, you know, the whole process is there. So nothing is left in a gray area. Everything is black and white written yeah. down on a, on a official document for the business. I, I, I love that. And I totally think that you have to be, so direct in black and white in what your goals are and what you're trying to do. And just like you said, at least that Connor and I, we play off each other's strengths very much because we are very, even though we are very similar, we're also very different. And he is way more meticulous and detail oriented than I am. And I'm more kind of like flowy and like to, I don't know, be more of a funeral director, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So it's, it's cool that um, you can kind of see those balances with the families that you work with. And I'm sure you've learned a lot of different things um, from different funeral homes throughout the country. Is there a couple that stand out to you that, hey, these funeral homes are on to something and what they are doing on a daily basis that maybe our listeners would like be interested in? Absolutely. Um, well, that one I, I just mentioned with the family concentration, yeah. I think from a from an inside business perspective, that is I mean, when I, when I heard that, when I saw that, I thought, wow, I really wish that, that, you know, my parents have had, would have had something like that. Just kind yeah. of knowing what, if, if this is something you're even thinking about, here's, here's what, here, we're going to line it up for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, um, well, I, I guess from, it's also an internal, this is another internal um, project that, that there, I know of a funeral home that, that really is trying to call it disrupt the business of, of funerals in Ohio. Right. And there's, um, a a book which I read, it was called, um, customer service revolution. Right. And that's really what it's all about. It's, I mean, they have a conference, they, they, every year, um, and they bring in, I mean, it's not cheap to go there either, but, uh, I've never been, I, that's something that I, that, I really want to, but you know, I guess other professional conferences come in the way many times, but, um, or at least they're there from a, from a, uh, on the calendar standpoint, we don't, we don't always attend all of them. We certainly can't, but 
we have to make right. decisions based on, you know, what, really what, your, what our focus is on, right, yeah. for, yeah. for this year. Yeah. So that customer service revolution is really about, you know, not competing on price. And I, I think that's a lot, especially in the, the last couple of years where we've had such chaos and disruption in supply chains and where inflation is going, all of that kind of stuff. Um, a customer loyalty and, and employee loyalty is not what it used to be, right? So mm-hmm. there's there's things that we need to do as business owners to really solidify our place in the profession, in, in your industry, yeah. and, you know, kind of work towards that, focus on that and really enhance your yeah. customer service, that, that level and really call it disrupt your, your industry with yeah. what you're providing for your customer. And yeah. I guess that, that has been our focus for the last, at least, I mean, from a disruption standpoint for the last couple of years, really since the, the pandemic hit, right? What do we do? Some of these things are completely out of our control and we're, right. not, we're not even able to make decisions, you know, on our own going forward, whether or not, you know, we, yeah. like you, you know, funeral professionals, embalmers, were considered essential. And therefore, the re- we were essential because what we provided, the, the service, yeah, the products that we therefore that, that profession, right? And, or this profession. Yeah. And, um, you know, I really, it was, it was, we couldn't do with, we were, everybody was calling and saying, we really couldn't have done this without you. We're, we're so happy and, and glad that, that, you know, we have this relationship with you. We can call you, we can text you, we can email you and yeah. you answer the call, right? You, you yeah. were out there looking for products that we just couldn't get. Right. Yeah. So, um, and we had a message on our, on our, um, voicemail system when when people came in that they heard it was my voice i i t- wrote a prelude or you know what whatever you want to call it an introduction to you know leading into our our voicemail system and it was really about caring for you right we're doing our best um and it we're, we're trying very hard to get the products that you need and into your hands and we're so thankful for doing what you're doing and yeah. um that's great. I I got several people that that opted out of the the um, voicemail and wanted to talk to me, and they were it was specifically about that message, and it's like that is yeah that is incredible, you know that that I just, it was like a two minute message. Goes, I listened to the whole thing, so <laughs> you know we care we care about what we're doing, um, and how it impacts funeral service in in general. Um, and how it impacts the the embalmers and funeral directors that are working so passionately with families yeah. directly, right? So that's how yeah. we, we feel like we can make a difference and and help those that are that are serving the other families, right? That's our yeah. model, right? Like you're there for your families, we're there for you. That that's what we can do for you. Yeah. And I will say from firsthand experience, you guys have been fantastic. Whenever I've needed to place an order through you, you're on top of the ball, no matter what I need, if I need to make adjustments or anything, Kelco's always, I mean, just as smooth as can be. And 
what Elise is saying, it, it, it's true. Like they legitimately do care about you. So if you ever need a specific product or anything like that, they always will take care of you. Um, that's from firsthand experience myself. And what you were talking about even before um, you kind of went down that road with the customer service, it's absolutely imperative for our funeral homes to kind of understand how important that is because that is how you're actually going to get more business. And I get concerned, just being honest here, um, about the race to the bottom sometimes that we find ourselves in as funeral homes trying to outprice each other and getting lower and lower and lower until there is no way you can sustain a business and then you just erupt or you drive your employees to absolute brink of <laughs> like extinction yeah. for lack of a better term because that's the only way you can make your business work is like if this if this individual makes 10 removals a day and involves four bodies and like works in the crematory working 12 hours i just get concerned about our industry because we are so precious and i really do mean that because we are small businesses just like you guys at Kelco, you're like a family, smaller business. And I think we need to kind of stick together and help each other out. And that's part of what I love to do is helping funeral homes kind of take it to the next level so they can survive and sustain because there are not many industries that are still out there that are like us, where it's still small connection family. And look at people listening to our podcast or watching our videos or anything. It's a very small world that we kind of live in and we should be helping each other out rather than making it kind of a competition where we're fighting just for every little thing we can get and just like lowballing each other. That's not ideal. We want to make sure that we're providing our best services for our family. And if that comes with a price that's going to make us a little bit more money so we can live and sustain our business, I think that's a good thing. So that's kind of my take on that whole situation. I don't know about what you think. Right. Well, yeah. And that, and with that comes risk a, a bit, right? I mean, yeah. we can't all race to the bottom or we'll, none of us are going to be here, right? That yep. I guess that that's the end all, all goal is to be stay relevant and be available to your customers, right? Um, yeah. So there is some risk in that, but if if you you know can make customer service your your main yeah. focus, and I, that sounds cliche, right? Like what sets you apart from your your competition, right? Customer service. Yeah. But if if we ask our customers, I mean, you can go and look at at our Google reviews. Right. Our customers will will say that you know, your service level is far and above anything that either I expected yeah. or I'm, I'm getting from another company. Yeah. So a lot of times that's how we, we earn our business. You know, if, if right. somebody isn't happy, they're going to look elsewhere. Right? right. And then that's where we want to be stepping in and saying, we can help you. And, and, um, you know, yeah. I guess service with a smile, right there. We, we yeah. knock the socks off of people. So we're in the Midwest. We can get things to them quickly and yeah. you know we're we're fairly competitive on price. We're we're not going we're not the lowest and yet we're not the highest. So I think that's a sweet spot and yeah. you know we don't we're not, we we won't be one of those people that are racing to the bottom. Right. That's a good thing. And I think there's a difference between saying that you know you focus on customer service and actually being like no, this is what we need to do. And I'm talking about your business, I'm talking about our funeral homes out there too that differential being like, no, we actually like take pride in our, in our customer service and we want our families or our funeral homes to be completely satisfied with us because then they will come back. And because then they're going through these tough times. I'm talking from a funeral home perspective now, but 
a family is going through this very challenging time, there is nothing more memorable that they will take home with them than them saying, wow, the amount, the level of detail in this service and the, just the passion and the compassion that they had for me and my family, I'll never forget it and I'll never use anyone else. So that's how you can kind of use your model from a funeral home perspective. And it's kind of the same thing um, with you at Kelco, it seems. Yeah. I mean, if, if you either, the, the only time they're going to give you a feedback necessarily a lot or most times are going to be when something was really, really bad or right. completely exceptional, right? Just yeah. being in the middle is not okay. Right. I mean, because they, they don't remember yeah. you, right? You're going to be remembered for being really horrible or really good, <laughs> right? So yep. we want to be the, remembered for being really good. And that that's, that's what we strive for. That's great. Uh, let's get into some of your products uh, just for the heck of it. What would you say is your, from your experience, some of your favorite um, products that you have, or let's talk specific then, because I know you have a thousand, thousands of them. Let's talk specifically about fluid. What is kind of your best selling product? Um, and what do you, have you like to use in the prep room um, during your apprenticeship now? Um, I've, well, most of the products I've used is a competitor's products, but I've been allowed to bring mine in. Um, so uh, I've used three different companies now, mine, mine and two others, which has been good. I think Learning, yeah. learning more than just one um, has even helped me in that way. So um, Absolutely. I've got good, good mentors in the funeral home that, that I work in and um, they give me some latitude to, to use what I want to use, but yeah, that completely freaks me out sometimes. So, um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, it's, it's riskier because you haven't, you know, done it as much as someone that's been in the prep room for 10 years. So it's like, I want to try my products, but like they haven't used them before. Uh, it's just a funny, different dynamic. And I'm a big proponent of finding the products that you like from all these different companies and using what best fits you in your situation. Because as we know, especially nowadays, the amount of challenging cases that we have to deal with has increased a lot. And there are so many amazing products that we have. So why not try out what is going to fit you and your style the best? Um, because you want to have the best performance. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So for fluid, I guess I, to answer your question, our, our Kel Special 35 is yep. our top selling arterial fluid um, with the 35 index. That rocks. Yeah, no pun intended. It has a punch, trust yeah, me. It's, yeah. it's, uh, it's good stuff. You're going to be uh, lifting with one arm yeah. uh, when you're using that. There's a reason it's, <laughs> it's a top seller for sure. Oop, that's a death call here. Hold on just a second. All right, I think the students got it. I'm sorry about that. You know, we've been seeing a lot more business come in ever since we started Mortuary Marketing. And I got to tell you, all the funeral homes we work with, are they're saying the same thing. So what do we do? We run ads on Google and other similar sites that get directed at families that need a funeral home in your area. It then brings them to a page that we've designed for you that gets the family to call you to inquire for your services. It's really increased our volume big time. It's working for my funeral home, and I think most parlors could really benefit from its uses. I put a bunch of information in the podcast description. Go check it out. I'm always happy to help talk with you and answer any questions you might have. All right, let's get back to our morbid discussion. Your cavity is cool. Um, they have, 
I'm not sure what the exact name of it is, but I think it has like a, a 17 slash 35 index, something like that. So pretty much what, what it is, because I've never seen this in other um, companies, is that the inhalation maybe or the, the odor that you're getting from the fluid is at a lower index than what it's actually doing in the cavity. So you're getting a high cavity without the effects of that feeling that burn in your eyes or your nose. And I've noticed it um, when using that product. So it's, it's a pretty cool, different, unique thing that Kelco does have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, um, another reason why that that's one of our, that's our top selling cavity fluid. So it, it, has the index of a 17, but, but acts as a, as a 35. So, um, right. Yeah. I mean that, of course I get to, when I, when I'm doing my embalming, we were always using our cavity fluid cause that they, you know, yeah. they, they, like I said, they give me some latitude. Um, but it's, it's a little, little difficult cause I'm, I'm not in there to sell my products to them. Um, right. I really just you want to learn and, yeah. and to, to kind of see what it is actually like using like the different products and everything. Exactly. So I, I'm using it, I'm using the experience and taking the experience to not just learn my own products, but learn other folks' products too. Um, yeah. So that when I have conversations with funeral homes um, and, and embalmers, then I'm, then I can speak to experience yeah. using not just mine and but but our competition as well absolutely that's very cool um what about like your other other product lines are there other big time sellers that are kind of like oh that's interesting that we get a lot of sales from this or that um i'm curious to see how that works um from a you know a, a standpoint uh at your company um i would say pet urns um and, oh, and we, okay. we have been in the pet market, um, selling pet urns and, and accessories there since early 1990s. We were just having this conversation oh, no in a meeting kidding. earlier. Yep. Yep. That's a long time. But we have conversations with folks that say, oh, I didn't know you had pet things, right? I didn't know you were working with pet urns and things. But, and, and it's, they've been on our website. We've been marketing them for, for many, many years. Um, yeah. So we've, we've had and it, it's actually very recently we had a, a couple of businesses go under that that we were uh we were showing some of their urns on our on our, and offering our their urns sure. on our site so our our pet line kind of i'm not going to say it fell apart but there were some huge gaps in in different areas so we've been really focusing right. on developing that back out finding new product to put in there and sure. um, from from our uh, most recent uh, project that that we're working on to get the the pet catalog put back together, um, it's yeah. going pretty well actually. We've we've found Good. a lot of new products with some same vendors that we had been working with um, quite a bit. Worked on some Perfect. custom things just just from an exclusive standpoint. So I think our customers are going to be pretty happy that way. But that'd be one thing that somebody might say, "Hmm, I didn't know you yeah, had that." that. So do you do a lot of uh, direct to consumer? Or is it mostly to funeral homes or pet crematories? Um, up until I would say January, like this, this year, we were mm-hmm. not selling at all to the consumer market and only recently um, have kind of gone there. And, and we started with our, our website 
um, had to get it updated because it was on a on a older version of um, the the software that was on there. And it, it kind of goes back to you know what what we're doing from a uh, the mindset of we need to act because our business is changing. And yeah. and I've been asked on a multitude of levels, you know, what do you think about um, the Amazons of the world and you know all yeah. these all these companies you know on the website selling urns? Yeah. And I said, well, they're killing it. And yeah. I I said. And the reason being is, is that's, that's where consumer trends are going, right? Everybody goes to the internet. You can Google anything. You can, you know, go onto the, the AI tools and find out anything you want to know, right? Before, before you buy something, (laughs) right? Right. Um, So they're going to go there and we can't stop them. Right. And we're, we're relying on, on funeral homes to sell like cremation urns and keepsakes and different stuff like that. And a hundred percent, you know, that, that is our bread and butter. And we don't want to, we don't want to hurt that business, but at the same time, when they're the, the, the arranger is wrapping up and they know that they're not going to be selling an urn they're, you know, grandma wanted to be in a tackle box or, you yeah. know, somebody's in a Folgers can, or I don't know if it can say brands right. here, but um, <laughs> somebody, somebody's in a, in a coffee can. Right. You know, you're not going to sell an urn to that person necessarily. Right. So in that instance, that customer is either going to go get a tackle box, you know, use something. They're going to go to one of the companies that are that are selling online. And if we're not there, if Kelco's not there and you're not there, right, they're walking out the the arranger's door. um, Right. We both lose in that scenario. So we're we're coming up with a, a new program. Um, we cool. have the ability to sell B2C right now and we're, you know, it hasn't, I mean, we, we just turned our, our, um, launched our new website in, in January, end of January. So it's fairly new for us, but we are working, um, on developing a program for, uh, a, a partnership with our funeral home customers that will allow them to work with their, their families that are considering, a, a, a different urn, right. In that, in uh, that scenario where they're yeah. either going to go online or something. So, um, but it, it'll, it'll tie back to the funeral home and it'll be more of a referral type program and we can tie it. We That's can tie nice. codes to accounts to our wholesale accounts and, Whoa, and you'll get credit okay. for it. So we're, we're not, you know, again, That's try not to step on toes, but we can't yeah. sit idly back either and just no. let, let the folks go there without trying to have some sort of effort to earn some of that back, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, yeah. I think it's, it's smart that you're doing that. And it sounds like it would be a convenient thing from a funeral director's point of view saying, hey, if you need to browse, like check out this site, use our code and you'll get, you know, a special discount or you get like whatever rates, you know, that's going to be competitive with everything else that you're going to find online because that's usually what the issue would be, it would be the markup. So if you're able to keep it competitive with them, I think that's a big advantage for, for funeral directors. Yeah. Um, and the more and more question. you hear in Sorry. the conferences lately that, that we're attending is that f- funeral directors and, and arrangers should not focus so heavily on the things, right? The urns and the keepsakes and really focus on, on 
providing the value in what you have to offer as far as services are, right? They yeah. can they can't go anywhere else for your services. They can't get that anywhere else but you. They can get That's an true. earn anywhere. So let's not focus on that. Let's focus on yeah. the value you bring to that family as a funeral director. Yeah. yeah. And you know, you know your worth. Yeah. And to be more of just a soft sell. And that's kind of why it's nice to have those urns displayed, or if you have a monitor or an iPad or a book, whatever it might be, just that soft sell saying, these are here for you to use. There's no pressure. It's just a convenience for you is what it comes down to. And a decent amount of time they're going to say, yeah, we'll just, we'll just purchase from you because you will fill the urn for you. We'll take care of it. We'll make sure that everything is done the proper way. A lot of people don't want to have to deal with that. So yeah. um, that's that's uh, kind of like that soft sell approach that a lot of funeral directors do. We're trying to Did rein you... some of that back in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Did you see a big difference with uh, shipping during COVID? I'm sure it was like just craziness. And I remember a lot of like companies having a tough time. Um, how was that for you? And I'm hoping by now it's improved a lot, but um, how did you kind of overcome all of those obstacles during that, you know, two-year stretch or whatever that might be? Well, yeah, I mean, our shipping companies were picking up multiple times a day for as many packages as were coming out the door, you know, um, here in, in our, our facility. So um, yeah. it wasn't so much of a challenge of, of having their, you know, utilizing their services or, or getting things in and out of here. Um, over just supply chain things and, and yeah. either, you know, companies yeah. not being able to ship. Yeah. Um, one one instance where we couldn't get a truck scheduled for our fluid bottles, it, that yeah. the, the truck for the bottles was delayed like four or five days or something because they couldn't schedule a truck. So I think really that, that was the one and only incident that really stands out yeah. um, as a, as a that concern or a challenges during that time. It's going to be so frustrating because it's out of your control. Like there's nothing you can do about that. And just, I, I'm sure it just had to been a very stressful, um, challenging time period. Yeah, no. And I, that's what I said earlier. Like some of the decisions that we're having that, that we're, that are going on right now are, are completely out of our control. And, and yeah. all we can do is, is try to, and I don't like this word, but pivot, right? Make make yeah. decisions based on what we know, what our what our experience has been, and where we think we need to be. So, yeah. in fact, we just had our our main freight carrier in here this morning. Um, we had talked with them earlier in the year, January ish, before we kind of launched on onto the new platform. And he was back in, just ensuring that you know what do we need? What do we want for this, this new site right. and, and how can they help us? So they're, yeah. they're willing to work with us in partnership and be proactive about it. And so it's been a good, good relationship. That's perfect. Yeah. Okay. I have one last question for you. Uh, where do you see Kelco going in the future? What are your kind of goals and your aspirations for, for your business um, in the funeral industry? Um, well, our, this is, this is a big, big, um, venture for us going off into the B2C channel. So, yeah, that's, um, that's a huge, huge well, change. I'm sure. Yeah. And I, I mean, it'll still all be in partnership with funeral homes and, um, veterinary hospitals. We work on the pet side too. So, okay. um, but I, I think that, um, that, that partnership will grow. We'll, we'll want to work just with 
any other kind of partnership, right? We can do this together. We're whatever we're, you're trying to grow your business and we're trying to grow our business. So how do we do that together? And that's really right. where I see the, the funeral profession going, right? And, and yeah. kind of morphing towards what the consumers are asking for yeah. um, and not being an owner of a funeral home. Um, you know, I, I can, I mean, I've been in a funeral home, I've worked in a funeral home, but not had to make the decisions of an owner of a funeral home. So I don't meet with families per se here, right? They, they don't, they don't come in my building and I'm not meeting with folks. So our challenges are trying to serve the needs of the funeral home at this point. And this is how I feel like we could help them and also help ourselves um, in the future. So. Sure. I think, I think that's the key is just making sure that you're putting your, your best products out there and putting your best people out there and I'm um, doing what you can to help. And I know that you've helped my funeral home a ton. So we, we do appreciate that. And uh, we appreciate you taking the time and, you know, caring so much about our industry. Like it's, it's very, very clear that you do. You're going to become a funeral director when you've already had a full career, pretty much working and developing Calco. So it's something that's very admirable and special what you're doing. And it gives you just uh, a, probably a whole new sense of um, connection with us. And um, we just want to thank you for taking the time with us and for everything you do for our industry. Uh, we do appreciate it and we appreciate you. Well, thank you. I appreciate the the invite to be on your podcast and I hope that, that folks are going to find it interesting and inspiring. Yeah.